Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to the Billboard Charity Podcast, Gary Trust Billboard's co-director of charts. And hey guys, my name is Trevor Anderson, and I'm a chart manager here at Billboard. And we're in our Billboard New York offices, another special countdown this week. This is this is kind of cool. We've done uh, individual years in the past. We've done uh, different years from the 80s, 90s, 2000s. We're mixing them all up. We're doing our very first, our very first GOAT countdown. Greatest of all time. A, go- a GOAT countdown. Cue, cue the GOAT sound. Oh. <laughs> Not bad. Tell them what we're going to be doing, Gary. Just uh, go behind door number one. Let's <laughs> let's let's keep going. We're uh, counting down the top twenty-five songs of the pop songs chart, which is now uh, twenty-five years old. So it started in uh, October nineteen ninety-two. So what we've taken all the songs, the hundreds of songs over the last twenty-five years that have charted, ranked them by a Billboard chart methodology. Uh, we've actually come up with the top 100, so it's all based on chart performance, and uh, it's really cool because you're talking 25 years, and we're going to count down the top 25. These are all songs that you know, that you've heard, and uh, we're just dealing with some of the biggest hits of the last uh, quarter century, so it's going to be a fun countdown. Yeah, I always ask on these uh, these these countdowns what we were doing back, uh, but it's kind of different because I'm not going to ask you what you were doing from so basically your whole life, 1992 to 2017, except for a few months, 1991. Uh, shout out to Gary for not knowing when I was born. Uh, what have you been doing your whole life, Trevor? You know, I've been trying to figure that out too. I'm sure my mother wonders. I'm sure my father wonders. Add me to the count. If you, if you know what, what's been going on, please give me some direction. Uh, coming up, we'll also talk to Sean Ross, who a longtime Billboard employee, uh, VP of Music and Programming at Edison Research as well. Going to give us some insights into Top 40 uh, over the years and uh, what's coming up in the format. Again, some ratings uh, as well, where Top 40 uh, pop uh, music is right now. So that's coming up at the end of the countdown after we get to number one. So let's kick into it. Uh, the top 25 pop songs on Billboard's pop songs uh, airplay chart of the last 25 years, starting at number 25. <laughs>
25 pop songs in the last 25 years. Billboard's exclusive countdown here on the Billboard Charpy Podcast. Uh, we started back at number 25. That's that's a perfect song to start with. Britney, Baby One More Time. Uh, her first of 35 career entries on the chart. Uh, her first of six number ones, first of 15 top tens. Perfect placement. That's number 25. I mean, it really, you know, is, is one of the songs that... that I, this phrase is really overused, but it, it changed the game in a lot of ways. I mean, particularly for, for for the young female soloist. I mean, that was a template that, you know, we saw so many people follow, whether it's Christina months later. I mean, to, um, I mean, even to people like JoJo, even to people like, um, I mean, you could argue Taylor, like Rihanna in a lot of ways. I mean, just just open up a new lane, I think, for, for, for pop singers in particular, you know, not that you don't have to be that you don't have to be the the big balladier to come out in the nineties. You know, we we'd seen the, the era of Whitney, Mariah, Celine, right. and now Britney was the was the herald of a new sensation. And we'd seen obviously younger artists beforehand, and I'll tout uh, previous guests, Debbie Gibson, Tiffany. Uh, but it seems to be cyclical. So they had been more in the eighties, and it had been a while. So uh, things come back around. Well, there's something I think that it was you know, for for better or for worse, it was a less wholesome teenager for sure. Uh, number 24, Kelly Clarkson, another guest uh, recently here on the podcast. Huge album, Breakaway, Since You've Been Gone. Second of four total number ones Kelly's had on the Pop Songs chart. Uh, she just missed one. Uh, we, if we if we counted down the top 27, she'd also be at number 27 from the same album, uh, Because of You. Yeah, I mean, again, one of those songs that, you know, it's just it's just so funny. Like, I mean, we'll probably say this about a lot of these songs. It's such a, such a staple, it feels like, of that moment. Um, and Tommy, that was a huge year for Kelly Clarkson, like we said. Uh, and I don't know if a lot of people really um, expected it. You know, saw it coming, obviously, with with Idol on the first album. You felt like, okay, all that was kind of one moment. But you know, is she just going to be kind of this one album wonder? But this is definitely a song that that sent her to a new to a new level. Um, song wins her a Grammy for best female pop vocal. So the industry really taking her seriously at this point too. And you know, ever since then, it's been a pop force. You said Kelly Clarkson had one moment. You had to use the word moment. Did I use the word moment? Yeah. Oh, it's just when you think of Kelly, you think of moments, right? Uh, we'll keep it uh, Diva Central here. Uh, Katy Perry, number 23, with Dark Horse featuring Juicy J. Katy Perry's not a diva. She's not a diva? Nah. Is that a good or bad term? A lot of it has to do, I think, some people argue with, with, with vocals um, in the way that, but also in terms of like in personality and like, she just is like a, you know, a regular, she's a person, you know? She doesn't think of herself as this grand, you know everyone out of my way, you know, here comes the superstar, bow down kind of kind of chick. It was one of those words, I just feel like it's a word that's thrown out a lot, and there are people it certainly applies to, you know, uh, Patty, fine, Mariah, fine, Whitney, fine. You know, you are, you know, you, you're, you're the queen, and everyone better recognize it, and Katie just seems like she wants to be one of the, one of the people. She just is, is, is a person, she's cool with that. We've gotten so far away from this song now, though, um, do you even say what the song was? I think so. I can't we got, remember we got to that point. part. Okay. So. Dark, Dark Horse. Dark Horse. Yeah. Uh, so uh, now number one from uh, Prism after Roar. And that was coming off of a Teenage Dream, which set a record six number ones on the pop songs chart. So obviously, how do you follow that up? Two number ones. Uh, Katie did that. And this song has really become uh, one of her career songs. And I think. And a very non. Uh, expected choice by right. any means. It, it was the third single. You figure Roar was the obvious first single, but then as she went with Unconditionally, and then this song, it had the trap elements, so I think that's what uh, made it stand out. And it certainly seemed to be, I mean, you know, close to on the cusp or ahead of its time, really. I mean, obviously now, trap and that, that, that low-key kind of vibe is in so many songs now, and for Katy Perry to have latched onto that um, almost four years you know, ago is a, is a great foresight move on her part. All right. Whether or not we had three divas or not from 25 to 23, I'm pretty sure three doors down do not fit the definition. Um, I'm going to go with a no. They're not quite. So uh, Kryptonite number 22 from 2000. Uh, three number ones. Uh, kind of, uh, you know, if you don't remember at this point how, how long ago that was that you could have these rock hits uh, back in the early 2000s. Three number ones for three doors down. Uh, this song, uh, Kryptonite, When I'm Gone, and also another song. Uh, that's coming up a little bit later here in the countdown. So uh, in an era now where you just can't get a rock song on the pop songs chart, they were huge uh, back in the early 2000s. And uh, 1998, uh, a ballad from Savage Garden, Truly, Madly, Deeply. Kind of funny how uh, this week, number one on the Billboard Hot 100, featured on Post Malone's Rockstar. Before there was 21 Savage, 
there was Savage Garden, duo from Australia. They also had uh, I Knew I Loved You, their other hit uh, from 2000. That's number 57 on uh, the top 100. Again, uh, if we did or didn't mention, we spent so much time talking about divas. Uh, the entire top 100 countdown is in Billboard magazine this week. Also, the top 50 artists of uh, the Pop Songs chart uh, first 25 years. Should we keep going, Trevor? Uh, yeah, we, we probably should. Uh, Any other words you want to define? To get people for 10 minutes? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Maybe some will come up. Uh, all right, so this is the next set, number 20 to 16. And if you like Bruno Mars vocals, you're in luck. Check it out. Number 20, the one, the only Uptown Funk, Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars, which was a number one hit for six weeks back in 2015. Um, As we'll see on this countdown, you know, it's kind of funny that even though uh, Billboard terms this the pop songs chart, a lot of songs, you know, not not middle of the road pop sounding. Um, Obviously, a lot of them, you know, such massive hits around around their time that that radio in general just couldn't ignore it i mean and one of those songs in particular i mean this song is only a few years old and everyone knows really to this day still how ubiquitous uptown funk is you hear it at every sporting event you heard it at every party you heard it on the radio probably every five seconds it wasn't didn't matter if you were seven or 17 or probably even 70 you knew uptown funk uh huge record for mark ronson obviously um coming out of the, the producer shadow that he'd been in probably for the past year or so um, his own album Uptown Special and of course getting the vocals of Bruno Mars so a smash it for them Bruno still of his uh, number one hits the longest leading at six weeks and uh, continues to to be a huge hit for him but not his highest charting song all time oddly enough not not quite and maybe maybe probably the only song above that is is the least likely candidate of Bruno Mars's catalog Locked Out of Heaven. You think so? I would. Yes, a hundred percent. It's funny because you know, Locked Out of Heaven, um, which is number nineteen, as you guys just heard, number one for five weeks on the pop songs chart back in twenty twelve. Um, a song that was so interesting because so many people from the first album that he'd done, Doo-Wops and Hooligans, which had songs like Just the Way You Are, uh, Grenade, those seem to be more middle of the road, top forty kind of hits. And he right. got a little bit of flack for that for being, you know. So young, but having some of these older sounding hits. Second album comes out, uh, Unorthodox Jukebox. First single off it is Locked Out of Heaven, which people thought was an entirely different thing from him. Yeah. It had that, that sort of police vibe to it, was probably the most common comparison. Right. Something funky, some personality, felt more his age. And of all the songs, you know, that 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 seemed to be the most out there for him. This is the one that caught on the biggest. And yeah, just the way you are. You mentioned it's number thirty-eight all time, so it's still still pretty high. Just misses yeah. the top twenty-five. And I mean, right after this, when I was your man, um, kind of goes back to the, the the middle of the road kind of ballad, if you want to think of that. 
But it's funny that you know it's funny what top forty wants, and sometimes maybe people what people think top forty wants is not what ends up being being the biggest hit. But also good problem to have. We're talking about which Bruno Mars song of his so many hits is the biggest one. So that's that's uh, that's a good thing when you're talking about which one could it be when there's so many. For sure. All right, uh, number eighteen up there, we heard the Spin Doctors, Two Princes. What a song! It's funny actually. When I was listening to this song, um, it's one of the songs that I think maybe I'm just an idiot, but. It's one of those songs, I think, where you may not know it's the Spin Doctors. You may not know what the name of the song is, but you know you know the song. Yeah. Whenever, especially, the, you know, The Hook, which is a song that, uh, you know, even if you don't listen to Spin Doctors, even if you weren't a, an early 90s pop fan, you just it's one of those songs that, again, has lived on through commercials, through um, especially a lot of syncs, and I think, in TV and, and, and setting the mood for the early 90s kind of TV shows uh, that it's lived on pretty well. Did you ever watch uh, the Sarah Silverman program on Comedy Central? No, I did not. I love that show. There, there's a whole episode where uh, one of the characters, it was the only song he was listening to nonstop. You hear it throughout the episode, just repeating. And it was sort of that type of joke that, that once that song gets into your head. It's in, it's really hard to get it out. Yep. Yeah, impossible. All right, at number 17, and we got a special mention to go out with this one. It is Rihanna, We Found Love, featuring Calvin Harris. A huge hit back in 2011. Anyone who's really been alive for the past decade uh, knows that Rihanna has stacked up hit after hit after hit for basically what seems like every single year of her career. And radio has played no small part in that. And in particular, Billboard's pop songs chart has been a nice home for Rihanna. So much so at number one, that is her, the one, the only Rihanna. She her biggest asset, in my opinion, is that she has been able to di- diversify her sound without losing any semblance of who she really is. We've seen her have hits um, that are pure pop, some some that are I mean, even dance-influenced, along right. with her songs with Calvin Harris. We Found Love coming in number 17. She's collaborated with so many hip-hop heavyweights. I mean, and been been the the hook on so many of those those songs. I always come back to four or five always... seconds because that was just so unexpected, basically a folk song. Yeah, I'm completely. I mean, working with Paul McCartney on that. Even even the I mean, the album Anti, the last album she had, just a complete flip from everything she had really done before. And but the thing is, even through all of those different sounds and transitions, you know, whether it's whether it's more island influenced or hip hop or pop or whatever, you always get the feeling that that is Rihanna. Right. That's real. None of it feels contrived. None of it feels like oh, we got to get a hit. Let's make this work and you know her fans know that and they stand by that and i think radio of course embraces that as well i mean how 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 rare and how awesome to have a versatile artist who is still all herself and 11 number one she's tied with katie perry for most number ones in the charts history so a little battle going forward all right we'll jump back in the countdown uh sorry for that little aside but <laughs> hopefully it was worth it out there for for the navy fans that rihanna is the number one artist coming back at number 16 we've got uh on the countdown one republic who kind of like maroon five one of those bands that the radio pop radio in particular has been really receptive to over the past uh, couple years the song is counting stars at number 16 uh massive hit for them in 2014 all right we're gonna keep moving on up from 15 to 11 
15 through 11, the biggest pop songs the last 25 years, uh, according to Billboard's Pop Songs chart, which is based on a top 40 radio airplay. So, uh, yeah, two Google Doll songs there at number 15 and number 14. Uh, name at number 15, uh, number 14, Slide uh, from 1995, 1998, 1999. Uh, what's interesting, uh, Trevor, Name, not a number one hit. Got to number two, but again, that can uh, put you high on the chart. It had 33 total weeks on the chart, so on for more than half a year. So that uh, gets it up to uh, to number uh, 15 all time. Number 13, Kesha, the song that got it started for her back in uh, 2010 with TikTok. And another artist, like we're talking about Pink before, and so many of these artists who uh, just continue to change their sound. Uh, she's on the chart now with number 12 this week with Praying. Uh, interesting, it becomes her first uh, top 10 on the adult pop songs chart. Uh, number 12, Avicii with Wake Me Up from 2013. One of the more interesting songs on the countdown because it was a hit at so many different formats. A number one pop, dance, adult pop. Uh, this is the one that was always uh, kind of struck me at the time and still does now. It was number one at adult alternative radio, so even rock got into this uh, song, the Aloe Black uh, on vocals. It's that mix of, of uh, folky instrumentation with then uh, the Avicii uh, full-on full dance sound. So it's a song that just, uh, it's a hard thing to do to mix something that sounds so uh, singer-songwriter with something dance and really not a surprise. It has such a such a great chorus, but you mix all that together, it kind of worked for everybody. Uh, that's one of the things I was looking at kind of going back to... Uh to Counting Stars by One Republic because because the like that the end of that song and like I think maybe some of the chorus has some of that folky kind of feel to it as well yeah. both these songs came out around the same time you know within 2013 14 within a few months of each other so I'm thinking maybe maybe that that sound had a moment as well I'm not you know, whether it was you just really hung up on how Counting Stars is that big a hit well I just it was one of those things when I hear it I'm just like you know just when you like when you look at an all-time kind of thing it's like okay you know what did it do to change the game and it's like well maybe that was you know maybe maybe ryan saw something there that, that well really i'll kind of add on other than it just being really catchy that there was sort of kind of call it that that stomp and clap folky sound that like the lumineers hey yeah. kind of had and a lot of songs took that and i guess there's a little bit of that to counting stars and like, certainly to, to avici so. a little a little mini trend there perhaps yeah all right, uh, number 11, uh, that is the biggest song for Maroon 5 uh, of their entire uh, pop hits. We uh, said how they're the biggest uh, group on the pop songs charts first 25 years. So One More Night, that's their biggest uh, song. Again, it's not It's not Payphone. It's not uh, This Love. It's not uh, It's not Moves Like Jagger, which actually just missed uh, the top 25. It's number 31. Uh, one More Night, you kind of forget. It was number one for eight weeks back in 2012. Yeah, you know, I and I was funny because I was abroad at the time, so and it was not it wasn't a worldwide hit, so so I didn't hear much of it where I was, but uh, it yeah, I, uh, where were you? I was I was in the UK. Huh. Um, witness protection program. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a was a was a weird time. Just let me not get into it. Is Trevor Anderson your real name? I Gary, you you distracting the people who want to hear about the Maroon Five song. Come on, Gary. More interesting. Come on. I mean, we, we, we... I asked you at the beginning what you've been doing all these years. Maybe this is why you were a little careful about answering Maybe. it. Maybe. I've been coached. I've been, I've been, I've been teased. Yeah. Um, in any case, I mean, there's no transition back to the song, so I'm just going to jump right into... It's a little nervous, Trevor. Back to the I'm song. Sorry, one more night. Um, I don't know. I, 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 again, when I tried to hear it, I tried to see what made it, what made it that, you know, that crisp and... Maybe it's just one of those things where it just takes every little aspect about Maroon Five that enough people like. I mean, it's well, it's, they've become, it's, they, ca it's catchy, you know, sing songy enough, right? Repetitive enough. It moves like Jagger really brought them to a whole new level. I mean, they'd been big, obviously, with some of their hits uh, beginning uh, two thousand three, two thousand four. But then uh, moves like Jagger put them in, in a more of a pop vein than they'd ever been before, and I think it just became evident to them, uh, to their label, to everyone that uh, this is the direction to stick with. Uh, pop is going to work for Maroon Five, so uh, they just did more of that payphone, and then one more night. And these are all just so catchy, these songs. So I, I think we're all, I, I think radio and fans were really just caught up in, in this new sound of Maroon 5. So it's kind of interesting. Like we were saying with, with Bruno Mars, they've had so many hits. Uh, it's a good problem when you're uh, talking about something this high. Is it really, uh, does it seem like their biggest hit? So that means you've had so many hits. What's your real name, Trevor? All right, uh, move on number 10, 10 through 6. So we are getting to the tail end of the countdown. Fine. Stick with us. Here are five more tracks. Say, say, I love you. Oh, 
Coming up to number 10, I'll, I'll support Gary's thesis on this, that he always supports of the idea of the hook fest. Because I think number 10, which is I Love You Always Forever, Donna Lewis, is a good example of a song that the centerpiece is the hook. The verses kind of, you know, they don't quite follow in the same, you know, easy, melodic, repeatable structure. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. They kind of a little whimsical in a sense, kind of go in and out. But then when that hook kicks in, I mean, it's like if you were, you know, paying it, if you were off somewhere else or your mind was wandering, when you hear that hook, you're like, oh, yes, back to the song. But yeah, I think more than anything goes to show that um, for particular for pop songs and for pop radio, uh, a good hook is really worth gold. What do I like to say about Donna Lewis whenever we mention her on the podcast? See if you've been paying attention. I, I blank. Uh, I always want to hear her do a duet with Ellie Goulding because I don't think we could tell them apart. Uh, okay, well, here we have to do like a mashup. See somebody. Yeah, here, here's, a, here's a hook. Here's a little piece of uh, "Love Me Like You Do." What are you waiting for? Similar voice, right? Uh, I yeah, I, I can, I can see it. I don't I'm know. Make this happen. I'm I mean, gonna get to, I'm gonna get to management. All right, coming up at number nine, a song that was really inescapable in the past year and a half. That is the Chainsmokers featuring Halsey. That is closer. So, um, I mean, it's almost like this song, in terms of its analysis, has been beaten to death on on the, on the podcast and everything. But one of those songs that obviously kept the Chainsmokers banner year to a, really a whole nother level. Um, the momentum behind the song was, was huge. And kind of to that same point, the most catchy part of Closer is not any part of the lyrics or the words or the, even in the hook itself. It's that instrumental bit after yeah. the after the chorus. That is the part that everybody waits for. And so, you know, even just a, a, a simple kind of, you know, three-note sample like that is, you know, played with a little bit. I mean, who would have thought that that basis could turn into one of the biggest hits not just really of last year, but per- probably of our entire lifetimes. Yeah, from uh, Over My Head, Cable Car, from The Fray. That's what that it's kind yeah, of taken from. Yeah, they, they had yeah, to yeah. Give, slow uh, down ready, a little bit. Credit stretch it out. Um, I will say, uh, it's the highest song uh, of the 2010s. So Chainsmokers, the biggest song on this countdown from this decade. 
Yeah, so um, so fans of fans of, fans of old school pop, they're gonna like the top of this top of this countdown. All right, coming to number eight, one of those almighty songs of the late '90s. Once again, this is their third appearance on this countdown alone. The Goo Goo Dolls and the song Iris, um, massive hit for them. Number one for four weeks from the soundtrack to City of Angels, which was a really one of the great pop haven soundtracks. You have Atlantis on there. You got the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, you know, one of those late 90s kind of kind of easily easy rock pop crossovers accessible i think to both the rock audience um a pop audience and even an adult audience who really could appreciate the sound um want to give a shout out to the goo goo dolls in particular overall on radio um for for some of the, the chart nerds out there and some of the goo goo dolls fans they may know that iris actually is the song the most weeks at number one on the overall radio songs chart 18 weeks right was the song topping radio uh, across the country so goes to show um, the power of the Goo Goo Dolls at that particular time and I think once again if you have a great song that people can relate to I mean it can smash barriers and uh, we'll say uh, that it is their highest charting hit here at number 8 they have three songs in the top 15 because we heard Name at number 15 Slide at number 14 Iris at 8 no one else even has two in the top 15 Goo Goo Dolls have three All right, and coming up above them another smash radio hit of that period in the, the late 90s uh, or mid '90s, I guess in this case, don't speak, no doubt. It feels. I mean, it's. If, what can you even say about the songs? One of the songs again it feels like everybody knows this song. If you know any song by No Doubt, and maybe this is one of those things where there was a little bit of a turn. Maybe people who got into No Doubt in the the early 2000s with some of the the songs off Rocksteady, Hey Baby, underneath it all, some more of the 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 rhythmic urban kind of feel may not have known this song, but it feels like. At some point, it always comes back around. And another one of those radio hits that was just a massive hit across the board for so long um, really really introduced No Doubt into the mainstream and, and kept them alive. Yeah, they, they had made their uh, inroads with uh, Just a Girl, Spiderwebs. It was, didn't have that alternative, didn't have that ska influence that, that right. some of their other stuff had. This was just perfect for pop radio and number seven all time on the pop songs chart. That's something else I think that that is kind of understated for a while. There's a lot of these acts that to get out there who are a little... Maybe pop radio thinks they're a little too edgy, a little too weird, a little too not for us. And, you know, it's like when there's a song out there finally by that act that you think, okay, this cool act finally has a song that I can embrace. I mean, radio will jump all over that because they're not oblivious to to what the cool factor is. They can grab something like a don't speak. I mean, they will oftentimes grab it with both hands and run with it. And uh, current example, uh, number one on the overall radio songs chart this week, uh, same type of thing, Portugal the band. Feel it still. They've had other stuff out before, but nothing on the level that's so uh, perfectly catchy and so made for pop radio like Feel It Still. And at number six, making a second appearance on the countdown, we got Three Doors Down again, Here Without You, uh, which, you know, in this particular moment, 2003, a lot of, a lot of mainstream radio starting to head towards more of an R&B and more hip hop. It's a nice time for a lot of these pop songs who have just enough rock influence and just enough AC cred to jump right in and Here Without You one of those huge examples we're going to see a couple more bands come up uh, in the top five of the countdown who kind of follow that same formula of hitting that sweet spot between pop rock and AC and um, I mean in particular in this moment in the early 2000s that is the name of the game if you're not going to be on the hip hop trend this is where you're at. Pop music had uh, sort of uh, fallen into exactly those extremes. Where uh, in the mid 2000s, uh, 2003, for Here Without You, you had you had hip hop on one side. Uh, there was some harder rock, but ballads are always the easiest way for a rock band to get onto pop radio. Uh, they did it uh, perfectly with that song. For sure. All right, more rock coming up. The top five. These are the top five songs all time of the past 25 years on Billboard's Pop Songs chart for number five, all the way to number one. Never made it as a wise man. I couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing Tired of living like a blind man I'm sick of sight without a sense of feeling And this is how you remind me This is how you remind me of what I really It's too late to I'm falling even more in love with you Letting go of all I've been wrong to I'm standing 
number one on Billboard's Pop Songs chart of the last 25 years. We'll, we'll talk about it in a second, but it's uh, Real McCoy, Another Night. So back at number five, uh, Nickelback with How You Remind Me, uh, number one for 10 weeks back in uh, starting in 2001. Uh, they had another number one hit. Uh, we're talking about uh, rock ballads uh, being huge. Far Away was a uh, number one in 2006. So Nickelback at uh, number five. Number four, again, uh, One Republic. Uh, Timberland featuring One Republic on Apologize, number one for eight weeks, the song that uh, introduced One Republic. I kind of think of it as a One Republic song. It's kind of funny to look at it and see it was technically, it was a Timbaland song. Well, it was originally One Republic song, yeah. and then Timbaland remixed it, uh, you know, and got it, which which I think is also kind of one of those cool moments. Again, not only can Timbaland adapt to really any sound you give him, but, I mean, it's one of those things that, that hits a sweet spot between sort of the pop music of the moment and, you know, you give it a little little rhythmic production, a little more, little more um, weight underneath it, and, I mean, you've got an unstoppable hit. Did you see a light bulb just go off above my head? Um. Oh, there it is. It, sorry, it's like forty watts, so I couldn't. It was kind of dim. I, I was thinking when uh, Mihente by Jay Balvin and Willie William just became a, a huge hit. It went from twenty-one to three on the Hot One Hundred when Beyonce joined uh, last week. I was trying to think of what other songs have become hits uh, because another act joined, and I, I couldn't think of anything. There it is. I just figured it out. Apologize. One Republic originally out by them. It was around at least. It was guess, around yeah. at least. But then uh, Timbaland, he was he was the Beyonce of Apologize. Timbaland is the Beyonce of 2007, even though Beyonce was alive and well. But it really was Timbaland who did it. I like it. I like it. Uh, number three, Hang By a Moment, Lifehouse, uh, top song of the, well, the first decade of the 2000s, uh, hit in 2001, uh, Hang By a Moment. Uh, and interesting, too, we we're talking about uh, Portugal the Man and Feel It Still, how uh, this week it uh, goes to number one on the overall all-format radio songs chart. Portugal, uh, first rock band to be number one on radio songs since Fun back in 2012 with We Are Young. But before that, uh, no rock band had, no, had been number one for 11 years, going all the way back to Lifehouse. So talking the last three number ones on overall radio on the radio songs chart by rock bands have been Portugal, The Man Failed Still This Week, Fun, We Are Young in 2012, and then all the way back to that song right there, Lifehouse, Hanging By a Moment in 2001. Number two, Santana featuring Rob Thomas with Smooth from 1999. I feel kind of bad because uh, when we did the all-time Hot 100 countdown, it's number two there as well. It's number two also on the Pop Songs chart. I th- I, th- I think Santana's got, got uh, A, plenty of cash, B, plenty of, of awards for the song. And, hey, you know, it was a number one across the board. So at least you got the number one to go with it. And, again, another sign of how things come back around. Uh, the follow-up was Maria Maria by Santana. On the chart this year, another huge hit as Wild Thoughts, DJ Khaled with Rihanna singing the hook and that same guitar lick. Steady check coming from Rihanna and, and company this this year, so good for him. Uh, so on the all-time Hot 100, uh, Smooth is at number two behind Chubby Checkers, The Twist. It's out in the 60s, a little before or the 90s when the pop songs chart started. But number one all-time from 1994. It had six weeks at number one. People might be really surprised how this is the number one song I think of people all time. will be shocked, not even. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 28 weeks in the top 10, which is record tying. It's actually tied with Iris. We hear it back at number eight by Goo Goo Dolls. So, again, whole bunch of weeks at number one, whole bunch of uh, record uh, uh, setting uh, weeks tied. Uh, in the top 10 for Another Night, Real McCoy. The biggest song chart performance-wise of the last 25 years on Billboard's Pop Songs chart from 1994. Were you too young at the time, Trevor? You were, what, three years old? Uh, yeah, yeah. Rio McCoy was not on, a, not on the toddler's radar, unfortunately. They had another good hit, actually, a little bit later, Runaway, which is uh, similar, that uh, Eurodance, that up-tempo uh, sound. It's another big hit for them. Yeah, I mean, this is the, the same year, what, that Ace of Bass is making their move onto the pop charts as yeah. well. So this is, you know, this is, this is, this is... This is Euro's time. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because uh, the sign, Ace of Base, actually has the record for the most weeks at number one ever on the Pop Songs chart, 14 weeks. It uh, didn't make the top 25 because, again, it didn't didn't have the longest chart run. But a little shout out to, to Ace of Base again, uh, as well. Once again, if you're hot for a moment, that, that's great. But sometimes it's the it's the long tail that wins the game. All right. Uh, before we go, we wanted to just get a little more perspective on uh, on Top 40 radio, uh, the Pop Songs chart, over the last uh, 25 years. So uh, we've got Sean Ross with us from uh, Edison Research. 
worked at Billboard for many years. Really, uh, the person who I always go to whenever I have any radio questions. I'm not sure there's anyone who knows more about radio uh, for so long. So uh, we're going to talk to Sean Ross, just a little more insights about uh, Top 40 over the years, uh, what it was like in the early 90s when the chart started, uh, where uh, where it is now, where it's going. So little little insights from someone who uh, is, is uh, I think, to my opinion, the person who knows radio better than anyone. So Sean Ross on the Billboard Charpie Podcast. Sean Ross, VP of Music Programming for Edison Research and author of the Ross on Radio uh, radio newsletter. Also a longtime Billboard employee, covered radio for many years for Billboard in the 90s, uh, 2000s, uh, still contributes uh, to Billboard uh, today. Sean, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. So uh, we just heard Real McCoy's Another Night. Uh, before we even get into uh, trends and, and anything you can teach us, uh, any personal memories of that song? Take us back to you uh, listening to that song in 1994. I am pretty sure the first time I heard it was on Joel Denver's Future Hits. We're off to a good start. You just mentioned my favorite radio show of all time, Future Hits by Joel Denver. So did you think it was a hit when you first heard it? It seemed like the latest in the Rhythm is a Dancer, Captain Hollywood, more and more sequence. Uh, I'm sure I thought it was a hit. I'm sure I was happy to hear it because there wasn't a lot of up-tempo pop music at that moment. I don't think, I, I, I certainly don't think I pegged it as the record that was going to propel the format. And be number one all time uh, so far. Uh, take us uh, back to that time, uh, Sean. Uh, the chart started uh, pop songs in, in October 1992. And I feel like from what I know, uh, at that point, pop music had really ruled for, for you know, more than a decade. And then uh, the early 90s, we finally saw kind of a split where there was a, a hip hop rhythmic on one side of top 40 and pop rock on the other and we also started the rhythmic songs chart the same week as we started pop songs in october 1992 is is that about uh, right that that it was sort of an interesting time for the format when we started this chart because it wasn't uh, like the 80s where pop was everything we were starting to see uh, changes and it was not an even break and the switch to monitored airplay and the switch to sound scan had left a lot of people wondering what the real hits were there was a lot more music coming across from from hip-hop, a lot of music coming across from places where there hadn't been hit music before, and program directors weren't sure whether to acknowledge it. Um, the format was in not just a split. Uh, top 40 at that point was, by all accounts, in freefall. And it would get worse you know, over the next year before it started to get better. What was the downfall, Sean, that were all of a sudden the top 40, which had been so huge? What, what When you say uh, it was down, is it, is it ratings? Is it music? What was it and why? I think it was the music. It was the ratings, too. There had, you know, there was, some of the big top 40 stations got out of the format, and some of them were in the two to three share range by the time they got out. And country was becoming big, uh, grunge, hip hop. So, as uh, other other sounds were starting to uh, encroach in, in that pop, uh, the pop. Well, monopoly. and rhythmic top forty at that moment was far hipper. There were records like Rump Shaker or Nothing But a G Thing over the next year that mainstream top forty didn't want to deal with. It wasn't that there were no hits; it was that they were afraid to deal with the hits. And you know, Top 40, by contrast, had Go West Faithful. Top 40 didn't want to play Garth Brooks, but they played Restless Heart When She Cries. Top 40 didn't have Madonna Vogue by that time. They had Madonna Deeper and Deeper. So whenever a real hit came along, like Another Night, it was a big deal. I was going to ask you this a little bit later, Sean, but you're kind of going right into what's going on in 2017. And Trevor and I have, have asked uh, record labels, we've asked uh, uh, radio programmers about that now because 
kind of a similar thing going on in 2017. We just wrote this week that uh, with uh, Rockstar by Post Malone going to number one on the Hot 100 this week, uh, there's now been five number one rap hits on the Hot 100 this year. That ties a record for the most in any year. We haven't seen that since 2006. Uh, but at Pop Radio, same kind of thing. Uh, Rockstar isn't anywhere near the chart yet. It, it, it's really new. It's just starting to be promoted. But at the same time, radio isn't jumping on it. Uh, Cardi B now down from number one on the Hot 100. Uh, it's up to number 25 on pop songs uh, this week. Uh, other other songs this year, Humble, uh, some of the other rap number ones, just have had a little bit of trouble at pop radio. So uh, do you see that repeating now? And do you think that could be an issue if, if stations are being a little careful about not playing some of these uh, number one hits on the Hot 100 that are obviously uh, streaming and selling so well? Is, is that uh, maybe a, a warning for radio that they should be thinking about playing this more? I think things are, depending on how you look at it, better than a few years ago when it took people a minute to play Pharrell Happy and John Legend All of Me. We forget that there was, besides Drake, there was almost nothing coming over from hip-hop and R&B world a couple of years ago. But yeah, I mean, program directors are not sure what to do with Humble or Cardi B. The difference is that in 1995, if Top 40 had more enthusiastically played This Is How We Do It, which did not go top 10 airplay, if they had more enthusiastically played Candy Rain by Soul For Real, those songs would have added tempo and energy and coolness to the format. Right now, there's a tempo crisis and, you know, the, some of these songs are definitely hits the formats missing. But for some people, um, would make you know sort of the easy argument, and it's it's a sound argument that um, if you see the streaming numbers, particularly on these songs, um, that people are going to them every day, you know, millions of times a day. I mean, why why do you think program directors they see these numbers right in front of them? They see what's what's blowing up on social media. Why would they still be resistant to to even giving some of these songs a shot until months after the fact? Streaming seems to seems to be identifying the songs that you know, would have in the past come. You know, would the hip hop songs that would have come to us through sales stories now they come to us through streaming stories. And you can either say they're not reacting fast enough, or you can say that they're reacting faster on these records than they would have reacted six months or a year or two years. We talk about uh, another night, and uh, you made the point. I shot about a tempo crisis at uh, top forty. Uh, you know, there was Rockabye uh, recently by Clean Bandit, but yeah, for, for the most part, uh, songs that cross over from dance now are are more uh, chill, uh, low key kind of stuff. Is that is that cyclical uh, to you? Do you think at some point we're going to swing back to more uh, more Eurodance uh, type hits, more more energy like? Well, I don't night? know that we're ever going to swing back to you know, to another night type songs. Nothing sounds like it did. 25 years ago. I mean, I'd like to think that there will be some dance music from, you know, coming out of the dance world again, that there will be some up-tempo dance music. Based on the ratings at Top 40 right now, I don't think there's as much excitement about the the down-tempo dance music as people think there is. Okay, and I just want to bring back to one point. I think we kind of danced around this a little bit in this conversation. Um, So we talk about when we say tempo crisis, there's there's a problem with tempo. Some people might might hear that and say, well, you know, what does it matter if why, why does pop radio need to have tempo if songs you know that are hot right now just are slower, our ballads are more down tempo. You know, why why is that necessarily a problem for pop radio if that's what's hot? If pop radio was following the music and it was entirely organic, it might not be a problem. But, you know, we have become a four-share format again. More than half the top 40 stations in the top 50 markets have a four-share or less. Only two top 40 stations in the PPM markets are number one in their market. It's not, you know, it is not an unmitigated vote of confidence for the quality of the music right now. Historically, a healthy top 40 has tracked with tempo. Uh, there will have to be, you know, a clear up-tempo record to break the long jam. Looking ahead, uh, Sean, uh, trends going forward, and, uh, what are you seeing? Uh, do you think more and more tempo is coming back? And, and also, let me ask you, it's been 
so long since there's been a huge rock hit, although uh, Feel It Still by Portugal the Man uh, goes number one in the all-format radio songs uh, chart this weekend. It's very poppy for a rock song, but uh, trends going forward, and is rock a part of that, a top 40 going forward anytime soon? People would certainly like to see rock back. I, it, part of it is that you know, the only place where a rock record could start is alternative, and it, I, I once heard somebody recently referred to alternative as basically pop for guys. It's not necessarily a guitar rock format anymore. Well, and do you think perhaps, um, I mean, if, if music reflects society, you know, a lot of people say the, this is a weird time with everything that's going on to have, you know, sort of, a, sort of a happy, bouncy kind of feel. I think people, you know, maybe are looking for something a little more, whether it's with whether from rap, whether it's more real in the lyrics and more real in, in the situations that it's portraying, or even in pop music, that everything isn't happy-go-lucky right now. Do you think that has a lot to do with, with the sound that's coming out? That might be the appeal of Feel It Still. It's up-tempo, but it seems to have some level of commentary to it. And just in a sign of uh, cyclical, how perfect is this? The pop songs chart started in 1992, and now the current... Song at number one, as we're counting down the biggest hits of the last 25 years, is a song that interpolates a number one hit from 1992. Right said Fred, I'm too sexy. Look what you made me do. 25 years later, it's kind of the same songs back at number one. It's the perfect circle. Again, yeah. um, I mean, people remember these songs more fondly than people realize. Sean Ross, thank you so much for joining us on the Billboard Charpy Podcast. Take care, Sean. Okay, thanks, guys. <laughs> Um, if you are a fan of pop radio, that may not have been the segment you wanted to hear. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about radio and, and you know where its future lies, but Sean was a little... Sean knows uh, ratings uh, really better than, than most people. So to look at that, at the overall trend of how uh, yeah, Top 40 Radio isn't quite uh, at its highest level, a little bit of a, of a dire warning, maybe a little more than, than we were expecting, but, but it's all cyclical. Uh, trends uh, are always changing at Top 40. We've heard so much rock in the Top 25 countdown here, and obviously there's really uh, almost no rock on the chart now. So uh, you know, things come back around. Yeah, and I mean, streaming has been on the rise in the past three, four years in particular as, as just the number of services out there blows up, the accessibility, people realizing how how critical they are to, to meet playlists and, and, and placement and everything. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how radio responds to this particular crisis because with a lot of other things, you think they may have been more trend-based. I mean, it's always kind of just radio and sales. And with streaming now in the game and obviously not going away anytime soon, um, it'll be interesting to see how, how they respond to that, if they shift or what the landscape of pop music looked like in a couple of years. You know, so many artists, um, as, as Sean kind of mentioned, uh, shying away from, from a, a straight pop sound in a lot of places like they used to. I mean, even Taylor, we saw how poppy her last album was. This one seems to be, it's still pop, you know, at its core, but a little more moody, a little a little less upbeat. You know, we've seen the downturn of, of those sort of Geta era dance beats and, and that huge kind of, you know, just that huge bombastic up-tempo sound that's really been muted a lot as well so right you, you go back about five years when when uh, the ratings were stronger for top 40 that's that's party rock anthem yes that's, uh, give me everything it's yeah uh, total, all, total yeah. up-tempo sound all that i think i mean i, mean, I, I still look at that nothing but the beat get album is like one of the i mean the usher between the usher song where the girls at titanium with sia just right. a lot of those like big you know singing at the top of your lungs and in the club kind of song or whatever those aren't they're not, they're not there like they used to be. So, again, it could be one of those things where, you know, in four or five years we say, oh, well, it's back. Well, you, or... uh, sounds burn out. So you can, you can kind of only do a sound so many times before uh, people just get tired of it. Yep. So that's, that's why cycles happen. So uh, you would think it's going to come back at some point. Yeah. And um, hopefully some of the superstars are out there as well because you see a lot of artists, too. Last point I want to make. Uh, a lot of artists... You know, with, with all the, the tools that are available to them, doing more album-centric things, doing more visual-based things. And you you probably need something, you know, 
deep and, and, and moody and, you know, something with some emotion behind it to, to make those kind of projects work. So, you know, it's not going to be you can't just have a, the same kind of 10, 12 track bouncy album and expect it to to translate well to those kind of things. And it seems like a lot of artists, Beyonce, whether it's Jay-Z, whether it's uh, I mean, even Fergie, we saw the visual album with Double Duchess. Everybody's kind of thinking in a visual way as well. And so um, that could be part of it, too. All right, there it is. Uh, the top 25 songs on Billboard's Pop Songs chart over the past 25 years. This week's Billboard magazine, really nice uh, feature. We have the top 100 songs, uh, the top 50 artists. Go to Billboard.com for more as well. But uh, we thought we'd count down uh, the top uh, 25. So uh, so there they are, the biggest uh, hits uh, of the last 25 years uh, on pop radio. Uh, talking about tempo, talking about what artists are going to be uh, driving. Top 40 going forward. There's one uh, didn't have anything in the top 25, but he is uh, totally... Uh, ruling top 40 right now that's sean mendez coming up next week this is really cool trevor we have our first uh, manager on on the podcast we've had uh, record executives we've had uh, radio programmers haven't had a manager yet so next week we have andrew girdler sean mendez manager so it's a really interesting to tell us all about uh, how it's only been three years since uh, sean has really uh, been around uh, as, as, as a big star but he'll give us the insights about how it started and what they're doing nowadays. And one thing to look forward to as well, you know, it's one of those words that you hear about. Everybody's got a manager, you know, whether it's Scooter, whether it's, I mean, from back in the day, Colonel Tom Parker, whoever. We'll also try and find out exactly what does a manager do and how that role has been kind of shaped in the current environment and some of the challenges that come along with that territory, too. We'll find out your real name when you're in England. We'll find we'll find that out as well. Um, be sure to tune in next week. We'll find out if Post Malone is still holding strong at number one on the Hot 100. We're, we're going to talk more about that uh, going forward because uh, one of the key stats this week on the hot 100 is that uh, rockstar is the fifth rap number one on the hot 100 this year that ties a record uh, with 2006 2004 and 2003 so uh, we're going to talk more about what's what's behind the rap research i think we need i think we need to have like a, a, a rap roundtable coming up yeah well yeah we might have to have a little rap roundtable gary can lead the discussion uh as as qualified i will point to people who know much more about rap than me to make their good points. There we go. But uh, be sure to look out for that in particular. Uh, and of course, as always, want to leave you with a great song. We had the top 25 pop songs of all time. Uh, the list actually goes 100 deep. So, Gary, there's 26 to 100, right. 75 songs to choose from. Give the people. What song do you just can't go without hearing? Shakira, uh, Hips Don't Lie, number 93. Ironic, Alanis, number 99. Stay, Lisa Loeb, number 76. Love that song. But I think I'm going to go with number 51. This won't be surprising to you. You you know I like this song. 1992, one of the earliest uh, number ones in the pop songs charts history. It's the song that outlived its own TV show. The Heights, How Do You Talk to an Angel? And we'll talk to you next week. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com when you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.